0: listening to the Broadcast Basement On-Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast! In the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com Welcome to episode 66 of Sinimental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some
1: people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does?
0: How about no? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy... It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is
1: true. And that my word of life is then true.
0: everyone welcome to another episode of the movie podcast we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making my name is steve hovicki and as always i'm here with my co hosts asan godwin and latham conger the third our guest tonight returning is an emmy award-winning cartoonist best known for creating billy dogma and the red hook collaborating with harvey Carr and jonathan ames and illustrating for hbo's bored to death his published work includes writing and drawing from marvel dc archie image and webtoon in addition he is an accomplished playwright, coming all the way today from Brooklyn, New York. Still, I believe, and he's still Dean Haspiel. Dean, welcome back to Cinemental. Thanks for having me back, guys. My absolute pleasure. I uh, uh, very much enjoyed your your first trip uh, to Cinemental. It was uh, you were our very first guest, so uh, it's uh, uh, you know great to have you back. This is our you, second date. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, not, you're not our first second return guest. So oh, you no, know, what okay. are you gonna do? <laughs> right. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so uh let's uh let's suffer from consumption.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Lathan, would you like to start us off this week? Uh sure.
1: Um, I didn't watch much of anything. sorry, uh, just
0: so Dean, so you're aware we've dropped the um we've dropped the uh News that gives us fits. News that gives us fits. And now we do Mm. Suffering from Consumption, where we just do a quick rundown of what we watched the last week, uh, just in media in general. Okay. Basically,
1: every time you come on the show, Dean, we'll have a new first segment. (laughs) (laughs) Just what's
3: for your second time. There you go. (laughs) I'm honored. I'm honored to be the progenitor of that there you go there you go <laughs> See,
1: basically this segment is all about me me and hassan trying to catch steve and you always <laughs> add what me and hassan watch and it always yeah. adds up to just beneath what steve wants so yeah. uh yeah. and hassan watches or or, lot, or
4: in the case of this week um as a spoiler you know failing miserably Okay. <laughs> I, failed,
1: I failed almost every week, but this week I did make a book called Netflix, and I wrote down everything I want to
0: watch on Netflix. And you now I'm just, gonna
1: start rifling through it. So why do,
0: why don't you just use their my list function on the app? Because I'm
1: old and like writing things down on paper. Okay. I did watch uh we watched uh well I'm you know repeating myself for our, for our guests or for our listeners who listen every week. Uh, uh, more episodes of Forensic Files, which we love. Oh, I'm sorry. We did watch one awesome thing. The uh, serial killer documentary, uh, Night Stalker. Oh, good. You finished it. it, it it's fantastic. It's one of, the, one of the best ones they've ever done. The director's brilliant in how he tells the story. And he makes... Uh, Richard Ramirez just, I mean, he paints him as the most evil son of a bitch of all time. And he probably was by what he did, but he lets, you know, everything this guy did and all these people, he focuses on how they, you know, once they caught him, you know, I didn't know there was like a gigantic crowd waiting to lynch him outside the, (laughs) outside the jail. And uh, it's a great story. Uh, It's complete. There's no loose ends. Uh, it's never boring, even though you know what happens. It's how they catch him is interesting. Everything about it, it's it's on Netflix and it's
0: great. So we watched that. <laughs> He's one of those guys who you know the name and you know like you know the Night Stalker, you know, you know the you know the the basic story and you know Richard Ramirez and you know that stuff. You just don't you don't know, not living in LA at the time, you didn't know the extent of it, and you obviously didn't get. I mean, like New York has Son yeah. of Sam. LA has the Night Stalker, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, not necessarily, I don't want to make it like like it's a regional thing, but if you don't live or weren't living at that time in that city, you really don't get a sense of how that affected the local populace of those areas. And they do a really good job in Night Stalker on the, on that limited series of, of showing exactly what the effect was of everything he was doing. Absolutely, That's a great point. Yeah. They, they, they,
1: it takes place in the documentary feels like it takes place in that era and all the shots he uses and every bit of old footage, it, it just, it brings you back to that time, uh, to the mid eighties or early eighties. And it's really cool. Um, so we watched that, uh, I, we watched, uh, we finished first season of VR, uh, my daughter loves it and I still think it's an awesome show. And, uh, we started the second season and I know the big surprises that are coming up. So I'm looking forward to her seeing her reaction when they come.
3: I, I went to night. school with
1: one of the actors from ER.
3: Oh, which one? Sherry Stringfield. Oh, oh my wow, God. Really? That's great. You're kidding me. That's oh, awesome. I um, to uh, hang out with her and, and, and at SUNY Purchase. Okay. This is <laughs> and then she went off to do wow. ER. And then she had a dispute. I think on ER. Yeah, they got rid of. And decided to not be on it anymore. And then it ruined the career. She wasn't allowed to act for five years and anything else. And then came back. (laughs) That's right. Anyway, yeah. This is well. She was on
4: NYPD Blue as a as redhead. What's his name? Uh oh, uh, uh, Caruso. uh, Caruso's ex-wife. He was. She was his ex-wife.
1: That was before
4: ER, right? I believe so i don't know Concurrent, maybe it might have been simultaneous because there was it wasn't a big role so Mm -hmm. she could have basically been
1: doing double duty uh well the rest of the show is just going to be about jealousy uh because uh yeah my
3: (laughs) somebody somebody has papers papers.
1: yeah i'm just gonna be quiet now because the wrong person's gonna listen to this and i'm gonna be arrested or something do you are uh, you
0: still in contact with her dean no, I'm not. I'm not. okay, but okay. uh yeah, <laughs> sorry. So I so thought yeah. maybe if, if you could reach out to her and ask her if she wants to be a guest on the show, we could have her on. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, like, absolutely. You can just watch Lathan be like a little puddle watch, in the corner.
1: Watch and... Watch Lathan flatline.
0: I'll
4: just melt
1: on the Zoom. Okay, I'll, I'll just be a puddle of goo. Okay, just yeah. <laughs> bad, bad idea. Um, and we, what else? Uh, and then we watched. uh I I always wanted to show I want to show her like more recent movies that I really like or or are related to books that I really like. So we watched uh uh The Da Vinci Code which uh I think <laughs> is a great adaptation and just solid. If you like the book, I don't see how you can't like the movie. Yeah. Uh it's really faithful and fun and she loved it. So we're going to do obviously Angels and Demons next. And um then one night I had a lot of work to get done on the computer, and so I just put something on the TV and have it in the background. And unfortunately I put on Inception and got <laughs> more.
0: Yeah, that's a bad choice.
1: Yeah, just a horrible choice. And I'm just I'm just like watching and watching. I ca- caught a couple new things and I'm like, oh wow. Okay, this work is done. I'm just gonna watch this movie. And that's what I suffered mm-hmm. from this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I shall say in a in a in a bit of foreshadowing that Dean's choices had a little bit of prophetic voodoo doll operation <laughs> in them this week. So we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> once wow. we get to the movies, we'll talk about that. But right on, All right.
0: right on. Okay, Hassan, what do you got? Or you want me to go?
4: Uh, not no, I don't want you to go. That's I can't follow. <laughs> the heck is that? That's You're the good. anchor oh. until
1: further notice, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do, do I get to do? Yes, you absolutely, junior, Dean. Yep, absolutely, absolutely.
4: I was, you know, I started uh, February first. I started uh, a writing regiment, so I've but- been writing for the last like three or four days. So I haven't watched a lot of stuff. So I watched a a doc- <laughs> I get these weird.
0: So when you're writing, when you're writing, are you writing with just music on?
4: Or no, you ha- or nothing on.
0: The- so you have nothing, no sound at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, okay, it's dead. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I'm um, on either. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've
4: been able to write a little bit with music, but sometimes it's for. It depends on what the song is, and it's distracting when the oh. song changes. You, you, you know, it just kind of changes the mood. So I usually just tend not to do it at all. I watch. I got into this weird. This is gonna sound. No, it's not. It's gonna be fine. Um, I got <laughs> into this weird obsession with the Halifax explosion and uh cool story oh, i don't know i don't
0: know that story what is that
4: oh it's a great it's a story about it's it's in the uh during world is that War like II, the eiger um... section
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
4: It involve a that. big
1: rock in clint eastwood
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> parallax view i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah
4: okay. i'm
3: gonna say that next
4: <laughs> every everybody's comment is is more impressive than the story itself oh, so i'll story. just leave it in. <laughs> Hassan,
1: it's the disaster, right? Yeah, it's a house I just action. figured it was a Ludlum book.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it's the, <laughs> the largest explosion. explosion. It's the largest explosion in human history before the A bomb. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh. Um and it, what, what happened is they, the town. <laughs> yeah, there what happens, they were transporting um this French uh, t- uh, t- uh, tramp steamer was transporting munitions for for the war effort for the Allies. I think it was World War Two. It was World War Two. Um and they were like loaded. They were they were they were overloaded. They were they were ridiculously loaded. And so they were coming into um they were coming into Halifax of the channel. Yeah. And there was a there was a it's like the channel is like really narrow, so it's got a it's like a traffic lane of ships going coming in and going out. And there was a, um, there was a a steamer that was coming out and it was in their lane and they, they, you know, they blew a horn at it like, hey, you know, we're not turning because we're in the right place. You got to turn. And the, and the, and the, the the incoming steamer is like, no, fuck you. You got to turn. Oh boy. (laughs) And, so they I mean there's more At, to it. There's, there's well yeah,
0: but large boats don't turn that fast either. So it's like if yeah, they play chicken the other, a little too long, they're baiting. That's the lost. other thing
4: with it the captain realized too late that these these monkeys were not gonna, you know, get out <laughs> of the way. And so um they you know, they collided and er- all everything caught fire on the on the French steamer. And they all Indeed. jumped, they 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 bailed, they all jumped ship. And the 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 boat uh, drifted into the into the bay into uh you know towards uh into the shore towards Halifax, and everybody because it was it was nineteen forty you know whatever nineteen seventeen there was no internet there was, was World uh, war one yeah, yeah so it was World War One so it was World War One and there was no internet and there was there were no uh, there were no cell phones and and there were no games. They all went to watch the explosion the the fire of the ship oh, burning not that knowing sense. that it was going to explode and the french oh. guys were yelling at everybody hey the ship's going to blow but they were yelling in french so everyone was oh. like hey look at the french guys look <laughs> well, at those french guys in the water for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh boy! And I mean, it 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 took out like fourteen hundred people died. Wow. Um, eight eight thousand people were were uh, injured. The entire town of Halifax was flattened, yeah. with the exception of a couple seven, of buildings.
0: Seventeen hundred and eighty-two confirmed deaths. Nine thousand approximate uh, injuries. Yeah. Um, wow. And. Did you see uh, did you see a uh like a documentary or something on this or just yeah two? there's there's
4: there's two documentaries on it actually okay um they're all the they're, i mean they're, they're old there's like the history histories mysteries kind of documentaries and stuff oh, because okay. it's it's one of those um situations where very little very few people know about it even though it's a gigantic disaster yeah, I, I'd never heard of it literally until you yeah. mentioned it but there, I see. It. I hadn't heard of it until I was looking up something else because, you know, like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had gotten into the Titanic for some reason, you know, oh, mostly right, the right. wreckage, the Titanic. And then so now my recommends just keeps throwing up disasters at me on my on <laughs> yes. YouTube. Yeah. And
3: so you go and down a rabbit interest, hole. Of, some are
0: interesting. Some of you are like, yeah, oh, what is yeah. that yeah. about? Yeah. You, you know, know
4: there's,
3: there's, there's a theory. There's a very good theory that I don't remember the entire explanation of that the Titanic actually sank because... Early on, there was a fire that they could not contain on board as it was going from port to port. And there are pictures of the Titanic where side the side of the ship is is darker because it's actually boiling from inside. And that there was like an explosion, and that's what sank the Titanic.
4: So the metal was already weakened when it when it hit the the iceberg. Yeah, the way it
3: broke, or or it was open, and and it it, led to that. It huh. led to that, yeah, and and there's a longer explanation of that, but it's kind of fascinating that it was early on and that they needed to get to New York. Is that where they were going, New York? Yeah, yeah, uh, they were headed for New York. you know, because of because of you know, celebration and money, there was a whole money thing and you yeah. know, business. And yeah. instead of stopping it, they just said, keep going, you know. So, yeah, and some people left the boat early on because they were like, pe- people who worked on the boat were like, we're just shoveling coal. Mm-hmm. I forget, I forget all the details, but they knew. So
4: yeah. I saw it. there was another documentary on the RMS Atlantic, you know, like I said this is the rabbit hole. This is the Titanic rabbit yeah. hole. You just and the saw Atlantic is basically
1: people die, Hasan, no big deal.
4: I uh, I know, I knew that was coming. <laughs> the Atlantic basically was almost the size of the Titanic. It was a little smaller than the Titanic and it got hit by uh it had got hit in the middle of the night. It got hit by an oncoming uh was this the steamer that they couldn't no, this is the Atlantic. The Atlantic, the, uh, the RMS Atlantic. Yeah. Okay. Because
0: there was a sister ship to the Titanic called the Britannic.
4: <clears throat> yeah, there's the Britannic, and then there's the the uh, there was another one, and yeah, they all of them sank actually. Probably
1: don't want to buy that ship line.
4: <laughs> and then there's the Empress of Ireland, which is another kind of disaster that that sank. That was from that was in the Canadian Waters. So that's that's kind of that's the the residuals of looking up the Titanic. You get a whole bunch of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you end up watching it, and you're like, "Why did I watch this? This is this hurts." Um, <laughs> I watched I watched a documentary on uh, the breakup of the band Tony Tony Tony, the the Rhythm and Blues wow. band, and uh, it's called it's called <laughs> Oh No, it's called Loyalty No Royalty, and it's just oh, about wow. how. They, they, they fired like, you know, the, the, everybody who started up the band with them, the, the, the record label started putting the three guys the three of the five of them up front as, you know, even though they weren't, neither none of them were named Tony. They, 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 uh, they mascoted those three as Tony, 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 and then basically shafted the rest of the band, wow. um, the, the ones who were actually making the music. And so, yeah, it's kind of a sad documentary. And then there's a. Uh, I, I watched uh, episode two, season two of uh, Snowpiercer, which was great. I watched WandaVision. I watched the season uh, finale of The Expanse, which was great but kind of sad. And then uh, I watched the movie on Netflix because we were supposed to review, we were supposed to interview the guy today to on uh, on uh, Rogue Wave. Rogue Matter. Rogue Rogue Wave. Yeah, Rogue. we were supposed to interview him. Uh, uh, the Outpost on uh, Netflix. Yep. Uh, and it's a, it's another heavy movie. <laughs> Not a happy movie. It's a, uh, That's okay. About, That's um, the theme of this week. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heaviness. Yeah. Um, good movie. I, it, I thought it was a little all over the place and it should have just gotten straight to the point. And that sounds cold to say, but I think... In their, in their efforts to show how haphazard everything was and how, how neglected their outpost was, um, and it's a true story, they, they, they had a running theme of how many commanders they, they went through in the course, of, uh, the course of their time there. And almost all the commanders except for one died, you know, um, in various, for various reasons or, you know, uh, uh, in various causes. But is this the new one from 2020 about the Afghan soldiers? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And but the but the thing is, and this is not really a spoiler. The thing is, none of the commanders who died had anything to do with the battle that was fought. So it was kind of a running. It was not a. This is the, this is an incorrect uh, 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 way of, of phrasing it. But it was like a running gag that there were there were commander after commander after commander. But <clears throat> by the time the outpost ultimately came under attack none of those commanders were there no. and the outpost came under attack through through no no cause of anything that those commanders did so theoretically you could have just started with the attack you know now those those commanders uh, all won very they, they were decorated posthumously but they weren't decorated for the battle they were decorated because you know because of their service so i I imagine that was their way of including everybody in, from that from that uh forward base who had been decorated, but it just kind of makes the story a little lopsided like when you're watching it yeah so you're you're kind of wondering like, okay, well, you know how does all this tie together now I don't know I wouldn't have known a better way to honor those guys who came before the battle, who died before the battle other than wow. the way they did it, but it kind of makes the story a little lopsided. So that was my, time it's a good one. It's, it's uh, a, I don't know. Even it's mid, mid two thousands, Afghanistan war, Afghan war. So it's, it's re- fairly recent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the last 20 years, easily. Um, in the last 10 years, actually. Um, but it's a good movie and it's got, uh, you know, kind of intense action, good it's acting good uh, cast, which yeah. Eastwood's son is in it. Yeah, doing, doing his best, Eastwood, <laughs> <It's> his best, <laughs> you know, his best dad was, to date. <laughs> yeah, it's a little surreal, you know. I'm like, oh my god, you know, come on, dude. Um, but he's, but he's really good in it. He's very effective uh, in it. Um, Orlando Bloom is in it for yeah. a few moments. Uh, you know, a couple of people are in it. So, I recommend Legawatt? it. Yes, he 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 showed up with a bow and arrow. I'll and watch the it app, then. And, the afghans didn't have a chance they really didn't it was okay. it was kind of terrible but um he down a stairwell on a shield
1: i'll just um uh.
4: <laughs> i'm glad then. you stopped it because i was gonna counter that with something else and, and okay. it, it would it was probably going to be worse than what you said and so oh, now no. you saved me could, thank, it you, couldn't thank you very much it could uh, but then basically could he land was, in a black hawk <laughs> <laughs> Now we're gonna he, he showed up. Not suffering he he showed up with a kraken, and uh, oh man, very nice. Basically, yeah, you know. Um, so that was that was everything that I watched this week. Okay. so far,
0: excellent. And uh, so now, regale us with the many tales of. <laughs> no, we, we've got uh, we've got Dean Dean first. So, but uh, on that note, I think we have suffered enough. Moving on to Dean's uh, feature pick: Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? George. Yes, love?
1: Why don't you want to kiss me? Well, dear, if I kissed you, I'd get all excited. I'd get beside myself, and then I'd have to take you by force right here on the living room rug. And (laughs) our little guests would walk in, and, well, what would your father say about that? Oh, you pig. (laughs) Oink, oink. It's easy to talk about Warner Brothers' new motion picture, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? It's hard to tell about it. Easy to talk about. All you have to say is Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton.
4: I swear if you existed, I'd divorce you.
1: Hi there. Hello. Come How on. Are are you? Are well, we are. you must be our little guests. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Just ignore here. all pussy. Right, ah, come on in, kids. Hey, you uh, played football, huh?
2: Well, <laughs> yes, I was a quarterback, but I was much more adept at
1: boxing, really.
4: Boxing? <laughs> you hear that, George?
1: Yes, Martha?
4: You still look like you have a pretty good body now,
1: too. Is that right? Have you? Martha, decency forbid. Shut up. All you have to say is Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, George Siegel, Sandy Dennis, Edward Albee's Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. After that, all you can say is incredible.
0: From 1966, directed by Mike Nichols with a running time of 131 minutes... A seemingly normal middle-aged couple, a husband, a professor at a small college in the Northeast, invite a younger couple over for a late-night get-together. The older couple proceeds to engage the younger couple in a series of, quote-unquote, games designed to provoke and disorient, fueled by alcohol, discontent, and angst. The younger couple, completely unaware of the situation, are pulled into this seemingly endless maelstrom. Dean, why did you pick who's afraid of a Virginia Woolf? Uh,
3: Because I knew that you guys probably had never seen it. Is that correct? No, that is correct. That's correct, and that correct. it's so brutal. It's uh, so incredibly acted. It's it's a play first, that is very cinematic. I I feel, and it's Mike Nichols' first directing of a film.
0: Yeah,
3: I, I said the performances are incredible, and to me, I the word toxic is thrown around a lot these days. It's a very toxic movie that's about a certain kind of true love it's it's about a couple that has a secret between each other that gets exposed uh finally for the first time tonight in this story and it it's heartbreaking and it makes me cry every time i watch it and it also has influenced my work and i think i must have seen it when i was younger i mean it's it's not necessarily for teenagers, you know, I don't think. Uh no way. You kinda have to have had some kind of experience, I feel to, to 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 enjoy this movie. But yeah, I it actually influenced me to write my first play, a play called Switch to Kill, which is about two people who have a secret, although one of them doesn't know the secret, so it's a little bit different. It's about Hitman in a world of, of gangsters. But in Virginia Wolf. I was just, I'm always astounded. Every time I watch it, there's something new to see. There's other nuances to appreciate. And it just even when you know what the secret is, it, it, it kills me to watch this movie. And, and I'm sure I can talk more about it, but I'd love to hear your guys' initial reactions to this.
0: As you expected, uh, I had not seen it before. I don't know that I had seen, I take that back. I've seen Cleopatra. So I I had seen another Taylor Burton film, but I think this is the only other Taylor Burton film that I have seen. This is the 4th of 11 films that they ultimately uh did together. It's it's hard to argue with the fact that this film is often listed easily in the top 100 films of all time. It is a it is an absolute masterclass of acting on on everybody's part and that very young George Segal, uh, very young Sandy Dennis. It was amazing to me to find out that Elizabeth Taylor was only thirty three when they when they made this film and it was made up to look fifteen years older. I yeah, just it's only six
4: years after Cleopatra.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's it's stunning when you look at this because you're just like. How, what if you if I was if I was paying attention at the time when you know when these movies were coming out I would have gone into this and been like Jesus Christ what the fuck happened to her because I mean it doesn't even look like she's wearing a lot of makeup to make but she's she put on they said she put on about thirty pounds or 15, 15 pounds I guess in weight and then besides obviously the makeup job that they did a very good makeup job to make her look like a middle aged woman.
3: Yeah, they, they, drew, they drew lines under her eyes a, a lot. And, and yeah, and it's... Also, the movie's in black and white, and they had color films yep. being made all the time. But the yep. black and white, they said that the reason why they chose black and white is because you could see the clearer on their faces of the way that it was going to be... Yes. Haskell Wexler, I think, Haskell Wexler shot the film and he's a great photographer, and you could just see the noir on their faces, you know, and, and get to the truth. And he knew they were going to do lots of close-ups, and and the black and white of uh, footage really reveals that. Anyway, sorry,
0: that's okay. Yeah, uh, and Richard Burton uh, has this. It's it's amazing. It's it's Richard Burton almost in a way. Uh, we've discussed some some other great actors who have this ability uh on the show before where he has this thing where it's like especially, and i've seen him i've seen scenes of him in other films i haven't seen him in a lot of things but i've seen scenes with him that don't belay this but in this film specifically he never seems like he's acting he just really seems like he's there and he's just sort of existing and working alongside these other actors And he's just so natural. It's Mm -hmm. so completely compelling because he just seems like literally like he's there and he's exactly who he is. And you don't Mm -hmm. see Richard Burton. You just see this this husband. And there's a you know, we recently watched when we did the show with Chaykin. We watched uh, My Man Godfrey. And one of the things that was discussed on that show was the sort of. That sort of bang, bang dialogue delivery from films of the 30s and 40s, where it's like everyone knew exactly what to say. Can they come back and there's no pauses and it's a lot of fast dialogue mm-hmm. and delivery. And there is a lot of that in this movie, which but but the way it's done, it comes off so natural sounding again to where it just sounds like people having conversation. It's like you're literally a fly on the small. This movie is very much makes it feel like a like a fly on the wall situation.
3: Mm -hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of scenes where the the characters are actually talking over each other, and they had to. They had to uh, prepare for that because they wanted that natural feeling. And this, you know, this this movie, and another movie called Blow Up, is the reason. Is it called Blow Blow Up? Is the yeah, reason... Yeah, the, yeah, Antonioni film? Right. So this movie, Envelope, is the reason that we have a rating system. Did you know that?
0: Uh, yes. I, I actually have a note about that. Later. Yeah,
3: okay. Anyway. But, um, and then speaking of Elizabeth Taylor, that she didn't think she could, that she could be good enough yeah. to play this role, and she had to step yeah. up to the plate, and she is just as good as Richard Burton in this.
0: Burton talked her into it. Yeah. yeah.
3: Unbelievable.
0: And yeah, obviously they had their, was... their own
3: chemistry. They had their own chemistry, you know, as well. So
0: oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think that just helps I mean just helps it along that obviously, you know, there's there's some stuff and there's some there's some scenes where, you know, like uh when they're outside of the outside of the, the roadhouse right. and uh when they're leaving they're having their big their big blow-up moment and he sort of like pushes her and her head bounces off That's the right. off the roof of the car and you hear yeah. it. And 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 Burton Admitted that he pushed her too hard and her head bounced. And you can see it in her yeah. face like she's fighting to like not react mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. fact that her head just bounced off the roof of the car. Mm-hmm. And Nichols was like, Nah, I'm keeping that take. That, that's, <laughs> that's that's right. that's mo- that, that, that's, that, right. that's fucking money. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, that's what I hired these two for. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, know, stuff I
4: hired these
0: two. you know, it's like it's like the it. it it's like the scene in usual suspects where he, where he flicks where Peter Green flicks the the cigarette into Stephen Baldwin's eye that's right you know it's like that's you right. could never you could never repeat that that's on right. purpose that's right but it's so fucking perfect for that scene that it's like it's just it's perfection you know it's absolute you know but
3: did you notice uh yeah did you notice you know the scene with the uh, the gun umbrella right? uh where where he's just like early on in the film and you think there's no way these people they're just so horrible to each other is what you you feel (laughs) right you're like and he's walking and he pulls out a gun you go oh my god he's going to shoot her right absolutely right absolutely going to shoot her. if you notice that's not even a thought scene is almost shot like psycho like a hitchcock film
0: yeah, where he goes to the closet in the back while the well, – there's so many great – that's the other thing about this movie that I noticed. There are so many great, really long takes mm-hmm. that were just – like, he just – like, he was just set everything up and he said, go. And, and it's, you know, it's following them around the house or if it's out – this the scenes outside mm-hmm. or, or – uh, there's so many of them that I was just – like, the, the walk home yep. at the beginning yep. – yeah. There's just so many great, really long takes in this that you just didn't get out of movies at that and,
3: time. And the ability to incorporate handheld because Haskell Wexler yep. sometimes is like, the only way I can do this is if I'm holding the camera in my hand, I'm in their face, you know, or over yeah. the shoulder. And and that's a scene that you talked about that long take with the, the gun umbrella um, starts that way. And then it goes into a moment of like zooming into their three faces when they think that he's going to pull this trigger. And he does, and it's an umbrella, yeah. you know? Like, anyway, that, right. and I love and That, that and feels like the another funniest movie. thing ever. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. No, it, it's so much. It, this movie's so rich in, in its cinematic value, its lyrical, literary value, its human emotions. I mean, I know people who've seen it once and said they'll never see it again. They'll acknowledge that it's great, but they
0: can't bear watching it again because it's so high. I, You know, it's, it's funny. It's funny. I get that because it's, it's a, it's, it's considering, considering the actors in it, you wouldn't expect how sort of, you know, you almost feel uncomfortable being there with them during these, these conversations because you're just like, geez you know and like those like the other two characters are they're like geez you know maybe mm-hmm. you, know, you know maybe we should go it's like you guys are clearly in a thing and mm-hmm. whatever it's like but it's like the the audience is in the exact same situation that's right. that's right and it just it really kind of kind of sucks you into that yeah that sort of like awkward uncomfortable feeling on multiple occasions watching it mm-hmm. uh Hassan, what do you think I don't really know what to say about the film. It's,
4: I mean the film is, is brilliant. It's but it's it's so frustrating to watch. It's just <laughs> so hard to watch people like rip into each other like over and over and over and over again, you know? And I think, you know, listening to you guys talk about it and um listening to some of the behind the scenes stuff, I can I finally can kind of appreciate it as a as a work of art as opposed to just watching, you know. Two toxic people who should not be together, but really <laughs> couldn't, but really couldn't be with anybody else at the same time. You know, like they're they're kind of stuck right. in it. I and I, I you know, I, I don't know if I want to say I know people like this, but I, I do know people like this. And it's hard. It's just hard to. It's it's a it, this will be my my reaction to this will be a running theme with both movies tonight. It's just kind of hard to see people run down. Mm-hmm. You know and. Mm-hmm and not be able to stand up for themselves you know Mm -hmm. but then again uh another running theme through both movies is everybody is so so weighed down with you know their own personal crimes the guilt from their own personal Mm -hmm. crimes that they almost don't feel like they can defend themselves so they don't feel you know they they, in some ways you know it, it it feels more wrong To stand up for themselves than it does to you know than to take this abuse it's kind of difficult to watch it's everything you guys say well first of all i'm i i have an unhealthy uh obsession with cleopatra with that movie really that's funny yeah i watched it when i was when i was uh i don't know in my early 20s i'm probably younger than i was in my teens i think it came on like bravo Docu- on there's a Netflix There's a
0: documentary about the sets. About a guy going to the desert to dig up the sets that that are buried yeah. out in the desert still. So if, you're, if you right, it, pre- if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it's pretty good. Sorry,
4: there is a you know there's a long running commentary from on that on a DVD of uh, Cleopatra that's just outstanding. Um, I love that movie. It's one of my first it, in experiences with the with the original classic epic you know where it's just like this the whole thing is just is uh is overwhelming the whole thing is enormous has scope you know there's a lot of like you know um uh, wide shots long shots and and then in the for the for the geek aspect you can see where all of the modern visuals for science fiction come from because they all you know they all they yeah from the from these movies, from these old Roman movies, the epicness of these old Roman movies, we get Bigger's movies better. like Star Wars and and Dune, you know that kind yep. of thing. So you can see the DNA, and it and it just it just calls through. So well, I'm what I'm big fan of uh, just I said that to say I'm a big fan of Burton and and Taylor. Mm, gotcha, and I you know seen Taming Taming of the Shrew and and a uh, couple of their other movies. I had not seen this movie, but I was not uh, I was I suffered no delusions that these two were going to like kind of you know, own the the, the film one hundred percent. And I like Siegel and I, I like Sandy Dennis uh of, of you know in their movies. I, I felt bad for them. <laughs> First of all, I felt bad for their, their characters being stuck in the you know in this this you know kind of walking headlong into the situation thinking that they're just gonna have cocktails with these people and then you know they're suddenly in their, they're in the middle of the hunger games, right? And I felt bad for Siegel and, and Sandy and Sandy Dennis in general, just being in on the set with Richard Burton and, and Elizabeth Taylor who have so much pent up, uh, you know, personal, um, you know, uh, personal baggage to, to draw from, to, mm-hmm. to, to inhabit these characters that they, you know, there's, there's just no way you could stand up. To. I would, I would quit this movie if I was in that, if I was one of these other two <laughs> actors, I'd be like, no, I'm not, Three scenes in, I'd be like, ah, oh, you guys got to find someone else because I'm not looking. <laughs> it's like getting dunked on, you know. It's like it's like being in one of those like a uh, Bill Burr uh, describes as being in one of those uh, uh posters, like one of those Kobe Bryant posters where he's where he's dunking, you know. And he and, and there's this guy, you're, there's always a the one guy underneath just watching him him, you know, just getting dunked on. Yeah. And the poster doesn't work without that second guy. Right. But you don't want to be immortalized as that guy who got dunked on, and so. I I think it's I have to watch it again. I I, I enjoyed it, um, but it was just it's just brutal. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I'll admit, and I and I tend to do this. I watch both these movies tonight back to back, so it was yeah. just like oh wow, it was mm. like three out four. It was four hours of watching people just get dunked on, you that know, hurts. just getting brutalized. um nice. emotionally. Yeah, and it was like it was like, and I and I think that colors the the experience now. It doesn't mean I didn't like the film. I I, I love the film, but I'm just my my the, my take on it was just it was hard mm-hmm. to watch. You know, it's hard to. I think, I think I uh, I didn't grow up in an environment like that, but but you do grow up. Some people know how to to defend themselves uh, automatically, and then some people don't. You know, mm-hmm. and you you grow up learning how to. Stand up for yourself, even, you know, in a dignified manner, you know, stand up for you, like, there's only so much I'm going to take, even if you're not going to lash out, even if you're not going to be violent, or verbally abusive, or toxic. There's, you know, you're in the middle, you find yourself suddenly in the middle of a situation where you're either out of your league, or you're, you're in the middle of some kind of game that you didn't realize was was being played, that you were being set up for a long time. And there are ways you know, as, as you get older, you find that there are ways to just kind of stay with yourself in that situation and, and get yourself out of it. You know, like, I am not going to play this game with you. I am not going to be here. I'm not going to be I'm not going to uh, aid and abet whatever game you're on. And when you figure out how to do that as a as a as a young adult or whatever, it's very it's it's very liberating. It's a it's a revelation. So then when you see people who just don't do that, who just can't seem to, to, you know, they, they, they willingly go down the rabbit hole that someone else is, is, is digging for them. It's just, it's just hard to, you know, it's, it's, it's on from on a personal level. It's just hard to watch people like, you know, allow themselves to be treated like that. I look at it very differently. I, I know that there's, and, but, and both of these characters are abusive and, and, um, and masochistic at the same time. I, I don't necessarily look at it as as the the uh, uh the abuser's fault. I also look at it as like this person is abusive, but you can leave, you know. Well not leave, but you can you can not participate.
0: No, I was just gonna say it's funny, it, it actually plays back into something Dean said in his in, in his opening description about, you know, A, this is a time period when 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 people didn't get divorced, you know, people stayed mm-hmm. together no matter what, whether it was, you know, whether they had kids or whatever, they just didn't get divorced. They would have moved to different bedrooms. They would keep up appearances in public, but for whatever, you know, different things, they would just lead entirely separate lives.
4: My grandparents slept in, in separate bedrooms.
0: And I feel like that this movie very much sort of shows off that kind of situation, but these two characters, I just get the feeling that over time, they've both they've both realized what it sort of takes for them to deal with the other one on a day-to-day basis and they both like you said they're both abusive and both masochistic at the same time so it's like this constant it's a constant give and take but it's a balance that they've found together that makes yeah. everything tolerable for and them they've
3: created this coping they've created this coping if, me- mechanism together that tonight, what's different about tonight in this story is, you know, the, the it's the stick that the camel's back, right? And Richard Burton yeah. figures yeah. out how to stop the game, right? And and just to speak to Hassan's like, dealing with this 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 emotion, it, like, I, I love the moment in the bar uh, when Sandy Dennis is just freaking out and she, she, they're caught in the web, right? Of these older people with this game. And she just starts clapping her hands screaming violence 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 like yes it's insanity <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's like a manic catharsis you know in, in a yeah. way um and and, it, and it's it, like the scene this this the scene later where he's
4: like he's basically killing their son and uh and he's like oh, i heard the doorbell and she goes chime the door chime yeah. he goes oh yes chime, chime. you know yeah. right. she's 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 right. helping you know she she understands before Siegel understands she understands what's what's happening and she's helping him like kind of put a stop to 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 all of it and it's it's uh it's funny like that there's, there's a it it goes against the trope where the person who you think is is the most innocent is the one who catches on really early and she's so emotionally affected by it that she she basically you know blunts herself to it like with a she anesthetizes herself Mm -hmm. and then when as she's coming around she's the she's the one who realizes you know uh she's she sees exactly what burton is doing and then she tries to help him
3: yeah i never i never saw it that way and that's that's an interesting take and i think that's yeah it's possible because early you know halfway through the movie with the poof it talks about the pregnancy the Mm poof that yeah. you know that's so yeah. hard getting all puffed up and, right <laughs> and 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 then she you you find out when she talks to Richard burton i didn't want to have the baby so she gives him a secret yeah. and then it, it activates the idea of how to end this because oh a door what's the ringing what's the bell right and then he starts to right figure yeah figure
0: out how to
3: that's what i'm saying They yes. they kind of they almost formulate the plan
4: together, even though they don't realize that they're working yeah, I together.
0: I think she's in it. She's definitely inadvertently playing into the game, but I, you know, I, I never got the sense that she was, she was consciously working with it. It was more along the lines of right. she was just sort of there and helping to define things with where, where people she thought needed help, but I don't necessarily feel like she did it consciously. I, I, Maybe but I think, I I think the, she was so far so far gone on brandy for the majority of the film after the first twenty minutes. I don't feel. I I only feel like she's peripherally connected. Right, but I mean, as after at
4: at during the third act, everybody's like going through the the catharsis of everything that's already happened to them, and I think, I like I say, I don't I know I don't really feel that she is calculating. I just think she she. Catches on to it. And that's the impression I got while I was watching. it okay. she, she catches on to it, and then she's supportive of it because she knows what's happening. Mm. I don't think she's working with him, but I think as he starts rolling the story out, and uh, and we see how Taylor is reacting to it, and Taylor's basically the monster in the fable here, you know. Um, so as he's he's kind of breaking her down. By putting an end to the game, I think Sandy Dennis is just is just going to help with the pylon. You know, that's the impression I got with mm. it. So I mean, look, it's fantastic, and any the acting is—I mean, I'm not even going to praise the acting because it's like, come on, it's, it's Richard Burton and <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. You know, it's like, come on, give me a break. Uh, if I'd be mad if they didn't blow the the screw the, the doors off the the the, the house. So. <laughs> Um, there was there were little things also, just like you know, in the beginning, or she's cleaning up and she's just putting things in drawers and and not that's actually a great, that's a great straightening the place shot out. too,
0: where she's cleaning everything. Yeah, straight And of all things, she's straightening the bedroom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because like if you're having you if, know you were, that to, to... if you were having people over, why would you automatically assume that you're going to clean your bedroom up? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, which the the is basically if, you, you, if you
4: if you see it. If you watch, that's kind of the, the the beginning of the unraveling of burden. You know, because yeah. he knows he knows how the evening's going to go. You know? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why so, he's just Like, what do you mean? There's people coming over. Yeah, mm-hmm. at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, two two thirty in the morning. But it's, I've never seen it before. I've heard of it a thousand. I didn't. I had no idea that this was uh this was what the movie was about. I've heard Who's Afraid yeah. of Virginia Wolf a million times. Um it's uh it's wonderful but i'm going to have to watch it again to know how i feel about it you know firstly because <laughs> it's you know i mean i'm not even revealing anything i'm not talking it, it didn't none of this stuff touched me personally as you know like any anything and uh, it didn't resonate emotionally with me as anything that that actually happened i just know what it's like to be in in a circumstance with someone and the two of you are just just, just you know, browbeating each other because you don't know how else to communicate. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. And so that was that's just when you when you identify it like right in the beginning because in the beginning they're <laughs> they're they're kind of just doing a merry-go-round. They're you know, right. it, and it and it's theoretically they could be a loving couple. You know, just having a you know, a, they're just going back and forth at each other. They know they know each other inside out. There's no they don't have any secrets from each other, so they you know they can talk in this kind of you know raw manner but after a while you start to get signs that you know there's this is this is a troubling Mm -hmm. (laughs) circumstance that the both of them are in and after a while it just starts to really get uncomfortable for me personally Mm -hmm. so yeah i loved it i gotta watch it again uh but but holy crap it was hard to watch it was hard (laughs) it was hard to see and it's like two and a half hours of it you know it's like it's a long it's a long emotional you know, a long dread, uh, yeah. battering ram. Yeah. Um, but but I appreciated the experience. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Like? Oh yeah, you guys have pretty much covered everything except sorry. my sorry. If, but <clears throat> my point of view is a little <laughs> different on the film. There's no question these are four stellar performances. I mean, you know, you're 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 watching an acting clinic as you're watching the film. And this is Nichols' first film, and he immediately establishes the way he directs in the first film he does, he's very mechanical, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, I mean it in he knows when to track a shot, when to slowly close to do a close up, when to cut quickly. He's you know it's like a a film school director who has paid attention to everything. And for this to be his first film, it's it's pretty amazing how he how he pulls it off. The scene with the with the shotgun. Uh, I think it's the, you know, the best scene in the film. I think it's the most impactful moment in the film. And it reminds me of the scene in The Graduate, which I love um, when the toast pops up out of the toaster. If you've seen The Graduate, it's the same kind of like jolt. It's like, mm. whoa, uh, I'm trying to make a point, And this is how I'm going to do it uniquely with this editing. And with, with this, it, it's a different scene there because it's a long take and then something happens in The Graduate, but this is a bunch of cuts, then it's not an actual gun, it's a fake gun. So, I, you know, I like that. As you guys said, it's just, it's exhausting watching these people <laughs> do what they're doing. And the only film I can compare it to is a movie called Affliction with Nick Nolte. Uh, mm. You guys oh, have yeah. seen that, but it's just- Not yet. Yep. Oh well, Dean, you'll you'll love Affliction then if you like this. I mean, it's just okay. you just watch just successive bad behavior and things mm-hmm. downgrade and go down and down and down, and nothing ever goes. I would up. say I would say I
0: would say Barfly.
1: I as haven't well. seen Barfly, but I've heard that's compared yeah. compared to this. So you know this this must have been a fairly subversive film when it came out like to audiences, mm-hmm. like I, I can only imagine yeah. uh, I'm sure you, Steve, you said you're going to talk about something with the rating system or whatever, which I'd like to hear the anecdote, yeah. but man, I mean, this is, you know, for 19, what was it? 66. It's, it's really just, you know, even though it's, it's one of those movies that's ta- it's taken from a play. It reminded me of like death of a salesman or just something where you, uh, a good playwright takes a theme, and just lets these characters tell it from beginning to end. And, mm-hmm. and I get it. I get what he's trying to do and I get why it's an important piece of art and why, you know, got nominated for best picture and everything. But for me, eventually it just became four drunk assholes yelling at each other. And I just, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, it, I, it just didn't take to me, at the same level i think it took with you guys i i appreciate it i liked it but i don't <laughs> I, I don't I, I think it is it is that <laughs> yeah it I, is exactly I, that. the alternative title
3: <laughs> oh, i think that was the other title
1: <laughs> I think, yeah okay, okay of course it's got to be that right but i think it's very easy to write insults back and forth between drunk people and at uh, the thing that one of the things that annoyed me in the movie is the character. I mean, it's the writer writing the, the characters, but they kept repeating themselves. And I know people do that when they're drunk, but that doesn't make for good entertainment for me. It got annoying at times. The whole movie compelled me, and I watched it straight through, and you know, took it in. The last scene was affecting, but there are moments where I just wanted to punch the fuck out of the people in the movie and tell them yeah. to shut up. And I guess that means, that, I guess it means that, that it's working, but I didn't, I wasn't enjoying myself. I didn't find the drama of that, that entertaining. There are scenes that are really powerful. And then there are scenes that I just, I, I, I wasn't, I felt like I was being fed a play, a, 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 really dialogue driven play. So
3: well, you know what? I think that makes. I think that makes you, you more were. healthy. You're, you're healthier than I am, Latham. I think I'm attracted to conflict. No, um, I mean that's. I love. I love it too. I mean,
1: I I can see why someone would adore this film. I mean, it's it's got massive merit. I I again, I, I was telling you at the beginning with the voodoo doll thing. I I had an experience on Sunday night that that kind of probably put me in a mood with this movie and then certainly the next one where i felt like oh man i i i'm being uh i've been given a trial by fire and now i'm given two movies to punctuate it so that might have had something to do with it too but i i get it i get why this movie's important to people and why it's considered a classic i just i don't know i just if I were in a bar and people started having this conversation in a bar, I'd fucking leave and go home and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. But, as as you should, <laughs> but I do but, think but that I, you I get, it. I get it. It's uh, I'm glad I saw it. it. This is one of those movies on my list of classics to watch that is on it by title alone. I'm like, what does that title mean? That's a famous movie. I you know I wonder what it means I have to see yeah. it eventually. I still don't fully get if there's any context with that title beyond the, what
0: what
1: the, is is there any meaning behind that poem or whatever they're reciting in the movie or did they make that up for the movie itself?
0: Well, it's who's afraid of the big bad wolf but they're substituting the author Virginia Woolf okay. for okay. it. Okay. yeah, that makes sense. Got it. Got it. And she thought it was really really funny. Right. And apparently it's, it's 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 I I I took it as it's one of those jokes that a bunch of drunk in- intellectuals would find super hysterical. Right. right. Well, that right. explain. Why I think I, I think you're right it. with that.
4: Um. And everybody knows that a drunk intellectual is so much fun at parties. I know. Okay? I mean, <laughs> it's it's your favorite thing. That's
1: right. So did <laughs> there's you guys... a more fun party in the next movie with a bunch of drunk intellectuals, but you only get exactly. to visit it for about thirty
3: seconds. So that's right. The, the, um, <laughs> uh, did you guys? I don't know. I mean, anybody watch, listening to this podcast hopefully have seen. They haven't. I don't want to totally spoil the secret, but did that did that affect you? Did that mean anything to you? Did you did did, did, did you know what it was in, until it was revealed, or did you see it coming? I didn't see it coming at all.
1: I just didn't find it as interesting as as everyone else did. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you from know the what time. I, it probably I, was. I mm-hmm.
0: I had a hard time. Honestly, with all the stuff that they were saying and doing throughout the course of the film, I had a hard time not necessarily figuring out what was real and what they were making up as they went along, but what parts of what stories were actually part of their reality mm -hmm. and what parts weren't part of their reality. Mm -hmm. And I actually had a moment during the film that made me think of Hassan and his thing about watching movies and thinking the characters are dead at the beginning and that these are just like they're they're ghosts working through whatever and I'm about halfway through this I started thinking that you know when they when he first tells the story to George Siegel about the about the kid you know and Bergen and, uh, about how he you know Bergen well uh, well Bergen and ice but I Bergen. mean but it's like they're Bergen and water right but like when he first tells the story about that, I started thinking, I'm like, fuck, this is like, they're all in purgatory. This is like a purgatory mm-hmm. allegory and they're all stuck yeah. there and mm-hmm. he's, him and his yeah. wife are dead, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that. And I said, I'm like, no, no, there's no way that they went down that road mm-hmm. at this time with this movie. But I, it was funny that it popped into my head regardless.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting. About the MP- well, I was going to say real quick, what's interesting yeah. to to look at it differently you guys know the secret, which we're not really revealing here. I don't think too much, but now imagine the movie as being Richard Burton and another man, because Edward Albee's gay, and I think he originally wrote this, oh. based on some kind of experience he had.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, that And I think right. that okay. makes it
3: even more interesting in a way, if you think about it as a gay couple, you know, right? Having this.
0: Uh, that that would have been a tough sell in Coping mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, to say the least. Yeah. yeah, but uh, so yeah, so Latham. So this movie was the first. Uh, so the very early MPAA uh, had only had only just recently formed, and they hadn't really started um, rating movies yet. But this was the very first film ever to be given the tag: "No one under eighteen will be admitted unless accompanied by his parent." Okay. Wow. And this is the very wow. first. This is the very first film. That the British Board of Film Certification, the BBFC, ha- ever allowed to be released in the UK with the word "bugger" in it? Ah, mm. uh, yeah, huh. yeah. There There's a lot of words. It's because, a, it's a... because "bugger" bugger means something entirely different. Well, in the yeah. There's certain if British you, if terms. You, if you're listening to this and you don't know, considered very bugger, too. Yeah, exactly. And but the thing is, is if you listen to the how it's used in this movie. It's not used as the verb version. It's used as yep. a noun. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can see where they might have sort of, you know, moved the line a little to the left to allow mm-hmm. it to 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 be there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This was the last film to win an Oscar for cinematography that is black and white mm. uh, until Roma in 2018. Mm. Schindler's List wow. didn't win. Well, that's not that's a cheat because it's not all black and white. Uh, Robert, it didn't win for cinematography. Right. Uh, Robert Redford turned down the role of Nick. That would have been an interesting mm. uh, I don't I, I don't I don't know that he I think I think he would have drawn he had too much charisma for that role. Mm-hmm. I think he would have come across yes. too strongly mm-hmm. just being Robert How well, well established mm-hmm. was he at that point. I don't think it matters. yeah I think in the long run, people even coming back to this, you look at Robert you look at Robert Redford young listen, go back to his Twilight Zone episode and watch it now as opposed to when people watched it then and didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. You watch it now it. and all you see is Robert, you know, you see Robert Redford.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So originally uh, this film was set to be directed by a guy named uh, uh, Fred Zinneman. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and this, this guy was the guy who directed High Noon, From Here to Eternity, yeah, Oklahoma. And he ended up bowing out. And Richard Burton was the one who ended up pushing for Mike Nichols uh, to direct this because he had he had gotten to know Mike on a previous project. Uh, He had befriended him while playing uh, in Camelot in New York City. Um, So so him and him and Elizabeth Taylor championed hiring Mike to direct this as a as a first as a first time job. But apparently also considered to direct this was John Frankenheimer. Yep. That's right. Wow. Which is a, a, a strange, mm-hmm. strange. It would have been a bed- completely different yeah. movie. Strange bedfellows, that movie would mm-hmm. have been.
1: Yeah, he's pretty subversive. I mean, Manchurian candidate. That's
0: that's true. That's
3: true. You've seen Seconds, guys? Uh, I've wanted yes. to. Frankenheimer's that. Seconds? It's great. It's great.
0: Yep. Yep. The, uh, the only actor who was offered the role of George before Richard Burton was cast, uh, they offered it to Jack Lemon, mm. uh, who accepted oh, the. No. He accepted the role uh, and quickly changed his mind the next day without any explanation. He read the script. Um, he hey. read the script. <laughs> well, well. So here's a funny story about the script. Now that you guys bring up the script, so the guy who is listed as the screenwriter, which is a guy named Ernest Lehman, who was also the producer on the film, mm-hmm. uh, took it upon himself uh, to pay himself two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to rewrite the script, rewrite the play. For the movie. Okay. And apparently, it's good work if you can get it. (laughs) So, well, according to a 2005 interview with Edward Albee, the original playwright, after Nichols, Burton, and Elizabeth got Lehman's script, they all hated it so much that they literally went back and said, no, we're shooting the original dialogue from the play. They replaced all of the dialogue except for two lines in that script. And this guy got screenwriter Mm -hmm. credit and Mm $250,000 for essentially two lines. That's right. That's good work if you can do (laughs) that. And (laughs) that's... The uh, the funny story, (laughs) the funny story, that opening scene with uh, before before uh, Nick and Honey arrive and, uh, you know, while they're they're cleaning the house and going around. And when they first come in from the party and and George sits down at the kitchen table and uh, and and Elizabeth Taylor is going on about what a dump, What? what a dump about. And she couldn't figure out what movie it's from. So the movie it's from. Uh, it was a film called *Beyond the Forest* with Betty Davis, and apparently, the the sort of emphasis that Elizabeth Taylor was putting on it was a much more emphatic version. That was then, then actually, the version that was delivered in the original film by Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so there was an interview with Betty Davis years later. You know, who Pete, where people always expected De- Betty Davis whenever she would, you know, after this movie came out to deliver the mm. line in that manner. So she used to do like interviews and stuff like that where she would show up and she would like, she would deliver it like Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> did in Virginia <laughs> Woolf as opposed to the way she actually <laughs> delivered it in the original That's film. That's funny. And she said it was also funny because. Edward Albee when he originally envisioned casting the film or or the film being cast before the actors actually got involved and and Mike Nichols got involved that he envisioned Betty Davis and James Mason mm. as the two leads and he said so it would have been funny because Davis would have actually been parodying her own line mm. in the movie in that opening scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah mm. which would have been which would have been really funny so in addition to Sleuth and a movie called Give 'em Hell Harry this is one of only three movies in which the entire on-screen build cast received act Oscar nomination mm, Wow Sleuth, uh, is a, nice. Sleuth is a Sleuth is a two character film see. but the credits for the film show a bunch of other people in the credits that don't actually appear in the film because they were trying to throw people mm. off so. Uh, so give him hell Harry also was a very small cast and uh, and everybody basically this movie was nominated for every Oscar that it could have been nominated for Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was just the only other two people who are seen in the film uh, are both uncredited and that is the roadhouse owner Frank Flanagan who is also the film's gaffer Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the woman who played his wife at the roadhouse who brought the drinks out agnes flanagan was elizabeth taylor's hairdresser oh, wow. that's and frank flanagan's that's way wife. To save money <laughs> right exactly so, so uh but yeah
4: so that's uh still brave stepping in the arena with those people though. you know yeah uh, yeah, that would have got me so uptight I would have blown the one line that I had
0: to blow. <laughs> would you like a would you would you could you could, uh. all, all, I, all I need you to do is walk in, set the four drinks I down. I can't do it. I can't do it. I shake can't. your head and walk out. <laughs> nope. I can't. I can't, nope. <laughs> That's why you get a
3: gaffer to do it. <laughs> yeah. Not an actor, you gotta get You're a gaffer. Burton, <laughs>
4: Burton is staring at me. He's just staring at me. He's looking right through me. I can't
0: holy, do it. Holy shit, I I was reading up on I was reading up on some of the behind the scenes of the making of the film and they were saying how so, so Burton and Taylor had it in their contracts that they did not have to be on set before 10am. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so so they would get to set late they'd go into makeup which would take a little over an hour or so and it'd basically be lunchtime. So mm. they'd break for lunch and then they would go off and take a three hour... <laughs> Martini lunch, and they'd come back at four, you oh know, ready God. to work wow. and they had it in their contract that they wouldn't work past six. that's
4: great, <laughs> but you know what you know what the director said right? This movie on Oscar time he said worth it yeah
0: right <laughs> this, this this movie went thirty days over schedule wow. shooting wow thirty <laughs> and, days. and and, Holy and cl- shit. clearly over budget, yeah.
4: Um, yeah, well, couldn't have been
0: but, a lot. Uh, it. You know, but they would, they would. But he said that they when they showed up to work, you know, whether it was for an hour or two hours, whatever it was, he's like he would he he couldn't. There was never a time where he could say, you know, they weren't there 125. Mm-hmm. percent You know, mm-hmm. so very interesting. Uh, 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 it's not a movie I'll revisit soon. <laughs> But it's definitely a movie I would revisit. I think there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot to, there's a lot to look at. There's a lot of stuff in the, obviously in the background. Uh, I was trying to look at some of the things anyway, during the, during the shots, but um, there was some funny stuff that I, that I was like, I'm like, where the fuck is that from? Like there's a shot when they're up in the bedroom and there's like a, a, Like a poster of like this, like almost like guy dressed in a black cloak, looking like a devil. Yeah, I remember that. The closet door, and it's apparently it's apparently a shot from the seventh seal, Uh which I did not I did not recognize. Mm -hmm. But it's apparently a, a a behind the scenes shot or something from the seventh seal, and I was like. That's hysterical because I was that one thing I was in the background. I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Why would they have that on their closet? Door?
3: <laughs> it, it's uh, it, the the language. And and of course, you know, you can watch them perform over and over again. But the language is so rich. And the story is actually a beautiful story. The, the more times you revisit, I, at least that's how I feel uh, yeah. right out the gate. It's like, oh, my God, get away from me. I want to punch him in the head. Like Latham feels right, <laughs> yeah, but uh-uh. the more you watch it, when I revisit this movie a lot, it's it's beautiful. It, it's harsh. I don't think people need to behave this way, or you know, I, there's just a lot of to, to get out of it. And and I do feel like this couple. There's a moment in the movie later in the movie where she's calling George Siegel a, a what a flop, right? And she, you know, yes. like
0: yeah,
3: and he kind of is. Richard Burton, her husband, and she goes in this little moment where she talks about how much how he's always there for her, no matter what. Like, and you start, and it's the yeah. first time that she says anything nice about Richard Burton, and you realize right. she is deeply in love with him. Like they oh, love yeah. each other, and that gives more credence to when he has to stop this game, you know, and figure out a way to do yep. it that makes sense for them. And I just find that to be beautiful you know that they're able to arrive at this moment at the end you know so they can yeah. see each other again you know hear each other again and i thought that was that's an important and beautiful aspect to this movie like that's the takeaway for me you know
0: you know it's funny and and th- you know thinking about how we think of 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 any film that comes out today. It's like, you know, the 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 automatic knee-jerk reaction to make sequels to things. Mm. It's like you, uh, watching this movie just makes you really want to see the next day.
3: There's a sequel. What? Someone wrote a play that would be a sequel to Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, And I believe it came out in 2018 and it was called something like Elevator Repair Service. And I'm so intrigued to read what the hell they wrote and and i think as hassan was saying like interesting that's a bad idea <laughs> like why would you write a sequel to this you know but but and it's probably was done kind of maybe yeah. as a joke or who knows but i'm i i love this movie so much and this story so much that i'm just intrigued as a fan you know to see what the hell somebody dared to write you know
0: yeah <laughs> how dare you try and put those shoes on yeah. Well, that's, uh, that is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Wait, Latham. Uh, <laughs> oh, what's
1: but, that, Hassan? <laughs> We've forgotten something. Oh, The Last Jedi?
0: <laughs> 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 One little stop. Oh, where's that? Down the tubes.
1: And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes
3: so of course as
0: always we will start off with the who's afraid of virginia wolf posters okay so the
3: and they're in order right the way you sent them okay
0: yeah so the first one is uh u.s yep it's the blue block with the purple block wow cool. that's really yeah this was a, yeah this is uh this is a this was kind of a surprise i think it was kind of on the on the cusp and obviously there's the note down there with the, with the star or the asterisk, uh, the important mm-hmm. exception uh, saying that no one will under be under 18 will be admitted uh, without actually being R rated. It was R rated. Um, but it's funny that they put the asterisk on the tagline for the movie. Mm. They're like, you're cordially invited to George and Martha's evening of fun and games, but <laughs> no one under 18 is coming in without his parent. Yeah. <laughs> It's, like, it's a. We're inviting poster. you, but we're not really inviting you. <laughs> You're cordially it,
4: it, invited to this blatant kicking the nuts for an hour
0: that's and right. a half. <laughs> oh, you know, mean, fr- you know what I You know what I. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry.
3: Well, I was just say real quick. It's a beautiful. you have to describe this, right? But it's very. It's two color holds, and then an image of like a man. Is he choking? That's what woman? it looks like. Yeah, that's does. what it looks like. Yep. And what's also interesting, and I, we didn't discuss this, but you know the he he called them george and martha to give them very American like george and martha washington right kind of yeah. like idea but uh, i also think that this poster does not at all reflect the movie in a way because no. even though it's got this angsty kind of you know frank Miller Sin city black and white <laughs> yeah. you know with a color hole it it doesn't to me if after seeing the mo- movie the amount of time i've seen it this doesn't at all represent if, the if movie. you were oh.
0: unfamiliar with the play uh, right. Going, going. I'm, I'm, I'm certain a lot of people got knocked on their ass by this movie. Sure.
4: Yeah, because Burton's like the most laid back mm-hmm. antagonist in the film. Like he just, he, he keeps getting kicked, and mm-hmm. he's just very mellow about it, until that one scene in the parking lot. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but like it for for them to put the, these two depictions of him enraged, and then and then. The, the third image of
0: him choking elizabeth taylor that and, I, really... and i love and i love that he his sort of kickback all the time was always like this word play so it would be like mm-hmm. you know they'd be talking about two different people but then he'd be con- he'd say something about one person which was the subject of their last conversation or the last that's line right. but he's that's like right. but that's not yeah. my wife it's your wife he's like yeah so who else would i be talking about why, right. why would That's I be talking amazing. about your wife in that way? You know, that just was like annoying right. to me. That dialogue was annoying to me. To, no, to really? me I thought like, that was great. It like that. It. No, he was gaslighting he was gaslighting the whole totally. time.
3: And and it just occurred to me, you know who, who would play a great um George? Uh Kevin Spacey.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I know. Before he got Before got disappeared.
4: Before he got disappeared. <laughs> before he got hit by the woke monster.
0: You that's know, right. um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so next is the first of two Italian posters, which is uh a beautiful Weird. style. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then and the, and the couples
1: um... are mismatched there, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, but again, it, you know, and obviously, there more work is done with Burton and Taylor's faces than the other two. It's like the, it's like the, they like, like like, but here's some shadowy shapes to make the other two actors, you know, <laughs> kind right. of, kind of relevant, but they're yeah, not it's really. Like, they're eh, not. There
4: you
3: go. <laughs> and it, these and two are also, in it too. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it it's it Elizabeth like Taylor, digital, and Richard Burton, and two other people. <laughs> it, it almost looks like it almost looks like digital painting art, like today's digital kind of painting you know like yeah yeah you, could,
0: you can pull it off now that uh, yeah yeah definitely um and same with the next one which uh i think i actually like a little bit more the, the this looks design. more like, like elizabeth versions.
4: taylor in this one she looked like stalker channing in the last one yeah this, this actually looks like elizabeth oh taylor.
0: interesting okay i don't like that one. <laughs> you don't like the second one <laughs> no okay
3: it's interesting that they're like highlighting they got the window like right a, a, uh, I guess a, a hug or a sexual situation, and but but still, like the, the the behavior on this and the drawing is is odd. It's he looks like he's in shock, and she looks like she's praying or something. It, it's a little off, you know. The composition is better, but the behavior is weird.
0: All right, let me ask a question real quick just just so I'm just so I'm clear: Is the accepted belief that she went home with them and? He left the, the, the wife in the back seat mm-hmm. and him and her went up and, and banged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, okay. you
1: know, that's, that betrays the fact that they're, I forgot who said that they're really in love with each other. I mean, yeah, that's
4: uh, they, they probably are. No, they, they like are. To do they damage. That's right.
1: Okay.
0: That's All right. right. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh so next is well, a. You're not
4: you're not supposed to get it, Latham. It's because it's not healthy behavior. You know, you're right, not, it's right, not supposed
0: right. to make sense you to know, you, It's you know? not.
1: Inter- I don't think that's interesting that they did that. I don't. I don't. Okay. Let's talk about these posters. Uh,
0: so next is a poster from Belgium. Yeah. The it's uh, so it's probably Richard the Burton p- looks like he's ten thousand
3: years old. In this yeah,
0: so the the, the, Burton's like a, the Burton's a little <laughs> off, but the uh, the Liz Taylor one's on point.
3: Yeah, and they're emphasizing the question mark for some reason uh, like is it they're trying to say it's a mystery I get well it is a mystery
0: well I mean that's a, it's the question mark is in the title I mean it's it is know. but also they're
3: emphasizing it like they're really like that's a big question mark you know like yeah that's that's interesting but but in it but they're right there is a huge question mark
0: in the movie you know in the story yeah. huh uh, so next is the French poster which is uh just a Hyper stylized you know, photo yeah. pho- photograph essentially just it's a, like a grain just like a granulated a, photograph. Right, right. It's just very grainy. It, it's
3: it's her being, you know, uh, yelling, and he just looks sad. <laughs> She's yelling, and he looks sad. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if, it, if it just. I mean, they're gonna go see the movie because of the actors, right? And and right. the weird title, but the image wouldn't make me want to go see the movie. You know.
0: Yeah. None of these posts and none of these posters give you even really a hint at what you're about to be in for. Right. People are like, oh, a new Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor film. Great. Let's go check it out. Uh, Oh, ah. are
1: there pyramids? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's subversive behavior. That's it.
0: So next uh, is the Japanese poster, which is just a couple of color retouched photographs. It almost really. looks like a car ad
3: or something. Like, or yeah, a like a car dagger. magazine
0: ad from that time. Yeah, I think that's the recoloring on those photos or the color retouching. Yeah, Makes it look uh, makes it look very odd. Oh, the next one's really, really a cool design. But uh, yeah, I guess So this that, is the, the first of our artist posters by Chung Kong Art. That's pretty good. That's a great image. Wrong gun, and, though. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. And also, I don't know why I would give that away, but okay. You know, uh, I mean, you, you don't know what you're going in, you know, but. Right. There is. How do you fit an umbrella in a 38? <laughs> <laughs>
4: well,
0: Tiny, tiny that umbrella. It's a little umbrella. Yeah. It's a martini enough. umbrella. That's that's right. It's a drink, <laughs> it's a drink umbrella. There you drink go. Drink umbrella. Perfect.
3: So the next one, Joseph next one, Patrick.
0: Jo- Joseph Patrick. So again.
3: this one, the, the
0: emphasizing the question mark again. Yeah. With a lot of just iconic imagery of things that kind of fit into. Yeah. The it's story.
3: So much. Yeah. It's too much. Ta- yeah, there's a lot here. It almost looks like like at the bottom of the question mark is a gunshot. You know, like it's it's shattered yeah. glass. It's all broken glass in the background, right? Yeah. yeah.
4: This is, Huh. Yeah, they just, they use the golden format and then that was it. The you know the yeah. And then they just made it into a question mark and it's I'm done. And then mm-hmm. you know, it's Miller time. <laughs> <It's> Miller <more> time. <laughs> uh
0: so oh next next is the Polish uh, re-release. That's a oh little my God. Uh, yeah, it's a little much. Uh, it's it, wow. It. It's funny because I kind of think this looks like Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Well, of course it does.
3: <laughs> and and the Joker. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, just what you know,
1: why did you make this? Whoever you are,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's the Polish poster. Explain yourself, it's, it's the Polish plain. poster, and it's they're like, and they're like, and they're like kind of robotic, and they have like metal yeah. plates and stuff. And it's that's like, insane. It's like, a crazy
4: poster but you you, you'd give that to your editor and he'd be like you never watched the movie did you
2: perfect
0: Perfect. (laughs) you didn't watch this movie at all did you (laughs) Uh, i put the i put this next one i put the next one in uh a recent soundtrack re-release uh Mm -hmm. of the alex north score done with jerry goldsmith and i just really liked the painting because it reminded me a lot of like a, a robert mcginnis uh image
3: Right. I see that. And you know what? You know what? We didn't talk about the music at all. I love the little song that goes with the, it's just, again, if you get to watch it again, it's just more heartbreaking when you hear the, the music. Right. And yeah, the music was their good. Little, their little tune, you know, that they have Jerry Goldsmith. Huh? Awesome. Did, did he do, I didn't no, know Alex, did the, Alex
0: North did the music for the original film. Oh. This was Jerry Goldsmith conducting the national Philharmonic oh, doing Alex wow. North's score. So it's like a bigger sound. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then the last one. And then is... the last one, Stephen Foss now. That's creepy. It's like. A whole <laughs> I actually like that.
4: It's from the thing. It's apparently it's, the both of them
0: were the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, then also yeah. it's great too, because you got in his eyes are the reflections of her as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, then
3: you see the the party is underneath yeah,
0: her in 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 uh, in her reverse, chest right. area. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Uh, that, party. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> yeah soiree. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's a cool. Right. It's designing designy. It's cool. I dig it.
3: Um, yeah, it's cool. And so, it's funny because the one you didn't show is the one that's like on the 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 regular DVD. Yeah, I didn't put the you. DVD the, the plane the regular DVD image right. Right, and I do wonder like what was was that first when you showed the american version yes that was oh. the that
0: was the regular standard u s release hmm. wow, that's crazy, and the u k release wasn't a whole lot different, so that's why I didn't even bother including it right wow okay wow uh latham i'm a little i'm a little peckish what do you what do you think we should uh what do you think we should do about that have a martini that sounds like a good idea <laughs> wow <Well, laughs> There was no teeth pulling at all in
4: that one. That's, that's no, no,
1: not many. Not <laughs> many. I, 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 I feel bad. afraid to be a part of this because he doesn't know how to react that quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
4: Shots fired! Oh. <laughs> Shots fired! Wow! Oh no! Uh, I'm talking about myself. I'm sorry. So, so
0: what we're going to do is we're going to talk about where uh, who is afraid of Virginia Wolf where that falls in the, in the film library of one Mr. Mike Nichols. Um, well. And strangely enough, our guest next week uh, picked Mike Nichols, another Mike Nichols film. So this is odd, a, a, an odd situation. We're going to but- have a redundant conversation
1: next week, folks. Be here for it. You'll love it. Trust me. I'll make it exciting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, so, um, Mike Nichols has quite the selection uh, of God damn it.
1: Got a lot of mediocre oh, movies quite, on there.
0: Quite a collection
1: of God damn it right out there. <laughs> uh, I I think he's a, hey,
0: a really good filmmaker. It's a kids but
1: show. His best movies are at the beginning. <laughs> I think.
0: You know, it's and it's funny, too, because I, I was looking at his his lineup on I am or on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, his the two films that he has that that fall fairly low are um, are uh, Day of the Dolphin, which I loved as a kid. The first time I saw that, I like that's one of those movies like I saw. It's like the first time I saw Three Days of the Condor. Um, it's just, it was just kind of in that, that, that area of time. And I was just like, I thought day of the dolphin was a really cool, I still think it's a really cool idea for a movie. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. watched it in at least 30 years. So I, 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 can't say if it holds up or not, but, um, I always okay. really liked that movie. Uh, I've seen the graduate. Uh, I, I, you guys all know my feelings on that. Um, I'm one of those people who does not appreciate the graduate. Oh, okay. I've, I've never seen it. I need to see wow. it. Wow. What? I've never seen it. Oh. I know. Gene. I know. Okay. You're, you're not. You're not
1: an affliction in the same night.
0: You're not. You're not. Okay. Okay. You'll feel real shitty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, this guy did, you know, working girl postcards from the edge regarding Henry Wolf, the bird cage. I mean, he had I mean, a, a, a really strong. Movies. What's that? There's a lot of good movies. There's a lot of good movies. I mean
1: maybe the secret good one later on is Biloxi Blues. That's a that's a really fun
0: movie. Very true. Uh I like Closer. Um yeah. Charlie Wilson's War is a good it was it was a, it well, was I a saw that, Yeah. I uh... one of my favorites. It's decent. It's decent.
1: It's decent.
0: Um...
4: <laughs> uh, Catch 22 I did not like too much.
0: I've never um, seen Catch-20. I know the story, but I've, I've, never, seen a a, yeah, a, I've never seen it. It's a crazy movie. It's really good, but it's all over the place. And it's, it's
3: just... It's weird. It's a weird... Yeah. I mean, I love Alan Arkin, but I,
0: I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh-huh. Movie, you know? so I'd sorry.
4: say... I would say,
0: I would say for me personally, out of Mike Nichols' films... I would probably say my favorite film out of the films of his that I've seen, which is most of them, I'd say my favorite film is probably Postcards from the Edge.
1: Good movie.
0: Uh, I just, be, just be, Leia. What's that? It was written by Princess Leia, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's autobiographical about Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah, but um, and Meryl Streep, obviously, you know, like as usual, just kills it in that movie. It's um, kind of a. Kind of a heavy film. Yeah, Silkwood is a heavy film, and it's a you know based on real life thing in it. Mm-hmm. But it's that's another that's another really good movie.
1: Carnal Knowledge, I forgot about that too.
0: Carnal Knowledge, I've never seen. The Fortune, I don't know. Guild the Live, I don't know. I like Wolf, but it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. not. It's a, not a great movie, but it was. I remember watching it and liking it. So it, it's it's it's, it's one of those movies that I feel like where they're like, all right, Jack, just go crazy. Yeah, just be Jack. Just be about. Jack, and we'll, then the, his. is we'll will we'll float you alone. We'll give you yeah. some money. His uh, me his Jack. his uh, his adaptation of the birdcage is phenomenal. That's a yeah. that's 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 yeah. a really that's that's probably my second. That's a that's a really great great movie.
4: Okay,
0: remains of the day was good. Oh, he um, didn't direct it. He didn't direct hmm? remains of the day. Yeah. He was a, right. he was a producer on remains of the day. Right, right? It's
4: on this list. Sorry.
0: Well, wow. it's just on his produ- it's on his producer list.
4: James, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm just looking at his films, and it's it. remains it, of the Day is on that. I'm not saying I'm not disputing you. I'm just saying that's why I called it out. Where are you it's looking? On the, I'm looking
1: on uh, Google. Oh, okay.
0: So yeah, you know, I mean, uh, my favorite is The
1: Graduate.
0: Yeah, he's a solid director. Uh, I mean, all through his career, solid. You know, couple of couple of misfires, but I, you know, that's to be expected when you do. You know, in a way, you know. do you? Surprisingly, he only did twenty two films.
1: No, well, he did a lot of t. Te- he did some TV stuff, play stuff.
0: So yeah, he's all over the. He did a lot of. Th- it looks like he did a lot of theater. Wow, he did. Yeah, wow. well, I mean, him and his wife were had a whole thing. I mean, he was the straight mm-hmm. guy with Elaine May and Mike Nichols. So I mean.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, he did it. He directed part of Angels in America. That's a really good winning. Theory. Yes,
0: it is. That's a, that's a, if you've never read the book, the, or the, the, the original source material for it or the original, the original uh, stage play is phenomenal.
1: Oh, okay. I, I have not. It sounds interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, is he a um, uh, EGOT guy? Does he have all four awards? Um, uh, maybe. Academy Award he's got, he's got, uh, see uh, Tony Award he's got, Grammy Award he's got, and what's the last one? An Emmy he's got to have an Emmy. Yeah, he's he's an EGOT. There you go. That
0: motherfucker got all four. Mm-hmm. I mean. He's one of only and, he's one of only ten directors to have won the Golden Globe, the Directors Guild, the BAFTA, and the Oscar, all for the same movie, The Graduate.
3: Yeah, I only have a, I only have one of those, an Emmy. Yeah, That's,
0: you're only an E. Yeah. get busy, Dean. 99% bad, ninety nine point nine percent
1: of the population. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Zach Braff has a Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> because he got it, he won a Grammy for uh for the for the soundtrack to Garden State. Okay, he produced uh, it.
1: yep. Okay, so he got a bunch of people together, and yeah, that's exactly your right. song on my soundtrack. Now
0: he's got a fucking Emmy. Okay. So the other the other nine directors who have won the the magical four for the same movie uh, are Miloš Forman, Richard Attenborough. Oliver Stone, Steven Spielberg, Ang Lee, Danny Boyle, Alfonso Cuarón, uh, and Alejandro Inarritu, and Guillermo del Toro. Good
1: company, yeah,
4: indeed.
0: Like Spanish are Very taking good over, man. Well, yeah,
1: those last the last five six yeah, years, that, man. That's that's universally
0: loved, yeah. So. But uh,
1: yeah. It's...
0: oh he was the original choice to direct the 1976 film Last Tycoon, but he left the project due to creative differences with Robert De Niro. Oh mm. never seen that. Uh neither have I. Six of his nine Tony Awards <laughs> were for best direction of a play, a record. Mm. <laughs> he, he's very, yeah, he's pretty meticulous director with how he does it. Yeah, he really, he really did. He really made the transition well. Uh, obviously, I mean, and from right from the get go. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure his years of of stage experience had a, had a part in that. Um, <laughs> his comments on different actors. There are three things I never saw Elizabeth Taylor do: tell a lie, be unkind to anyone, and be on time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the other the, the other two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Here. Yeah. That's cool. On Stanley Kubrick, in the end I think he began to have trouble because if you can't leave home, you lose track of reality and I think that happened to him. Still, he made great movies and he was suddenly and he was a completely gifted director. If you look at 2001 a space, honestly, you suddenly realize, my god, there's no one in this movie.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
4: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wow! My God, there's no one in it. My God, it's full of stars. It's full of stars. It's
0: empty. There are no stars. Yeah. <laughs> he got he got paid a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to direct a graduate and seventeen percent of profits. That was his deal.
1: Oh.
0: All right. How many houses did that pay for? I don't. I don't know how 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 what the box office was for uh well if he won four awards off of it then that the film was profitable Uh, that's not necessarily true at all i'm well yeah i'm sure it was profitable but i'm just saying you know most of the, the movies that tend to win awards aren't movies that make a lot of money yeah, but in the aftermath in the
4: in the aggregate they make a lot of money because yeah. of because of the prestige. If I he suppose. if if he if he got 17% of the box office, maybe he made nothing. But if an, he got 17% an, of profit, yeah, general, then he's probably made out well, pretty well. Well,
0: and then depending on the bookkeeping of the studio, then 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 you're now you're stuck in a fucking potential hellhole. So uh so there we go. Uh Dean? Thank, Thank you, buddy. You I, I appreciate you hanging with us uh through the uh technical difficulties and, and uh absolutely and, uh, you're uh you're 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 one of the good ones, pal. I, I appreciate it. Thank um, you. Um thanks to uh to one Thess- of the bad ones, by the way. <laughs> Thanks to <laughs> thanks to Festley and Music, please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our down the tube segments and don't forget to download and subscribe to cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts and you can always listen to new episodes at com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at Cinemental pod for us Godwin, Latham Conger, the Dean Haspiel and myself. We say thank you so much for listening to us, as always, and the friend of our word and drunken college department head, Trubin Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening and
2: good night.